Here's what you missed on Many Realms. Staying out past sundowns, guaranteed to bring you a bit of trouble, I think. What kind of trouble? Monsters, sirens. A bridge crosses this sea of vegetation, but it's been raised. All right, so we got to get that bridge down. The tattoo of the vine that creeps along Juniper's shoulder and up to her cheek is glowing. You turn and you see a strange figure. Skin looks like mottled tree bark, and it's holding a slingshot. Run! My name is Jillian. I play Anisha. It's good to be here. My name is Jordan. I play Mateo, and it's good to be here. My name is Eli. I play Olivette, and it's good to be here. My name is Jory. I play Juniper. It is good to be here. I'm Jesse, and I'm your fantasy boyfriend. Let's go on a date to the many realms. shape, a sign of movement on the exterior of the, the sort of pyramid that you recognize to be this building. The wall closest to the bridge has like an exterior staircase okay. that is kind of shaded over by the roof as well. And you see part of the wall move and um, Juniper's head stick out. She is heading up to the exterior kind of walkway that heads to the top of the building. You don't have to do anything about that, but I just want multiple camera perspectives. Yeah. Uh... Uh, collected myself, I guess. Well, as much as I'm going to uh, immediately. You could just have a, a good view of it because it is on the outside of the building. But you could just access it from going back into Oh, sure. The- I'll, I'll come on in and see how my uh, accomplices are faring. Mateo walks back into the room after, um, you know, running away. <clears throat> I want my candle back. Ogman says... Uh, Please. Can we use it for a little while longer till we get this crank? Yes. I'll use it. I'll feel safer with it, please. I don't know if I'll feel safer with you have <laughs> Uh, listen, it's it's yours by right. I won't try to hold it from you, but if you're going to use it, use it well. Okay. No more running away. I didn't run away. I, I, didn't, I didn't do that. All of that doesn't care. I'm going to follow you. I went to get help, Cap. <laughs> just walking away already. So, Juniper, I think you're leading the charge out here. Anisha, how are you feeling? Pretty terrible, pretty weak. Ogman extends an arm to... Yeah, I mean, I would love to get out of the pyramid and go sit back in the wagon. Yeah. Okay, Fair. this is sort of like a peewee soccer game. You can kind of take 20 minutes off and get, like, an orange wedge and just kind of... <laughs> 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 fuck off for a minute and then go back in when you're ready. No one's ever, like, beaten me to a pulp before. That's totally fair. You were at death's doorstep and you head back to the wagon. I just really love this, like, safe, safe-ish dungeon environment. You can go in, you can come out. It's like, whew, need a breather. I'll, get, I'll be back, I'll be back. Anisha, you head back to the caravan to rest and recover. Ogman heads to the back of the group and Mateo... He gives you a second crossbow bolt that's been wrapped in cotton and shows you how to set it alight when it's time to take these creatures out. Juniper, you're heading out first? Yeah. So there is this 
like exterior stairway. The so the top of the building is open to the air, but there's a sort of raised like panel that's like a bit of like a roof for rain obviously there's no walls and the whole thing is open right okay. so you see the stairs like rise up around the corner to presumably access to the top level mm-hmm. and as you make your way out stuff happens a stone from a sling narrowly misses you it comes straight from above and you look up to see another one of these creatures standing over the edge of the top of the roof i hop back go down and say Hey, there's more of these guys. Is anybody still hurt? A little, but it's fine. You're fine? You're okay because you ran away, I say to Mateo. Uh, Ogman? I'm all right. All right. Um, I eat two berries. Okay. You are restored four hit points. Can I get a torch and light it off the candle? Yeah, you can. You're going to head back out, Juniper? Yeah, you're head back out. You head up this little kind of wrapping staircase, and you can see the top level, the roof of this structure. There are three more of these creatures. Mm -hmm. One of them is uh, leaning over the rooftop and firing on you below. The other two are keeping an eye, Ashley Kachadorian style, on the door. All right, Um, I call for Captain Oliveira, because you have a torch. Sure, Um, let's move back into initiative order, and I think since this is kind of like a chained encounter, we can just keep this. So that's Juniper's turn to get up to the top and call for everyone. So now these guys can go. Um, Presumably the rest of you are following out on the stairs. Mm -hmm. So you are probably also victim to rocks. Ooh, rocks. Ogman is uh, trying to kind of gently urge Mateo along and get him up the stairs as quickly as possible. And uh, a big, nasty rock cracks him on the top of the skull, fired with pretty heavy force and he drops onto the stairs. It's a miracle that he doesn't fall off. Is he still conscious? Uh, he's face down, so you can check his ABCs, but there's not a ton of blood. It looks like forcey, concussy kind of style damage. Anisha, you and the rest of the caravan can see Ogman get dropped, um, and it's a bummer. Sure is. And then the other two are gonna go for Juniper. What else is new, Niper? Oof. One of them hits you. Four, six points of damage. I am unconscious. Okay. Olivet, it's your turn. You can't, I can't reach these guys, right? It's only like another five feet to get to this one. Sure, you know what, let's go for him. Okay. Don't, don't you just have to hit them with a, like, a source of fire? Yeah, can I touch it with the torch? Yeah, you just make like a, you're not proficient with it, so just make like a strength-based melee attack roll. So without the plus two. Mm -hmm. 16. Yeah, that hits. Um, And you can roll a d6. Seven. This one is seared and charred and burnt. Great. Uh, um, Mateo, Ogman just fell down behind you. Yeah, where's his crossbow? In his hand still. Okay, I pick up the crossbow. Uh, is that what, like a bonus or is that a full action? That's a, that can be a bonus action, sure. Okay. Uh, is it loaded? Yes. He was about to get down and dirty. Okay. Uh, I set the bolt on fire, if it's not already. Okay. Uh, and I shoot a crossbow for the first time in my life. Uh, so probably not great. Probably not proficient. You are as green as these plants. Yeah. <laughs> you say over your shoulder. Well, I'm going to kill this one. Uh, so is that dex or what is it off? That'll be dex. Okay, then that is a uh, 12. Unsurprisingly, your first ever shot with a crossbow does not hit this creature that is uh, leaning over above you. The bolt goes wide. Yikes. Are you going to move? 
I'll roll over Ogman. Uh, you know, check his APCs, as you said. Yeah, he's breathing. The, then I'll move up. Yeah. Okay. I'll probably get kind of behind Cap. Yeah, it's a pretty narrow stairway, so that's kind oh, of well. your option as it is. Okay. Well, you both get protection as long as you're close to me. Hey, thanks. Anisha, it's your turn. Um, I mean, I have literally one hit point, so I don't really feel like engaging in combat. Okay. I mean, people are also, like, going down, though, and that doesn't make me feel great. Can I instead maybe look around for, um, like, medicinal herbs? How much do you know about medicinal herbs? Like, a decent amount. <laughs> it's, like, the one thing I do know about. Okay. You are welcome to look for medicinal herbs. Would you like to make a nature roll for me? Sure. It's really bad. Okay. <laughs> this is something that takes longer than six seconds anyway, mm-hmm. so this can be a, a process. Juniper, it's your turn. You are unconscious. A oof. Uh, 12, what am I adding to that? Nothing. 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 You, just... That's a success. Oh, great. One's gonna move over and try to fire the sling at Mateo because Mateo just shot a flaming crossbolt at him and he's oh. not into that. With disadvantage. They, they, disadvantage. They have some level of intelligence. It remembered. <laughs> it knows me. It knows I shot it. And it's about to fire a stone right between your eyes when Cap uh, flings her shield arm out and deflects it uh, and buckles against you a little bit. But um, the stone goes flying. This is what I want to say. You're as green as those plants. All right. Can we get a really good take on that? You are as green as these plants. Excellent. The other one is going to fire for you, Olivet. And it misses, because you're very hard to hit. You are as green as the plants that you already are. Got him. Got got him. (laughs) Mateo, it's your turn. All right, well, I got another bolt in my hand. I either light it on the candle in my hand or the torch in cap sand adjacent to me. Sure. And uh, am I within reach? Yeah, it's slightly higher than you, but it's a pretty, like... Like a foot stab? Yeah, you could get up to the foot. It's like a very shallow staircase. It's just like a kind of little low terrace, so yes. Yeah, no, I've dropped the crossbow because I, I dropped it back with Augment because I have no idea how to load it. Four, 14 with no proficiency. Okay, that'll hit. Oh, that'd be eight. Okay. It smolders and screams in like a murmuring high-pitched language. And explodes. Oh god, not the parents from Peanuts. Oh my gosh. That's more of like a wah 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 wah. Anisha, it's your oh right herbs. How far away am I from uh Ogman? 60, 70 feet. And like he's also on a staircase that's sort of like between the first and second floor. Is the staircase accessible from the outside, or do you have to come from inside? It's not, like, um, intentionally accessible, but it's, like, conceivably climbable. Okay. Like, it's not built to be able to get up there from the outside. Okay. Do I perceive that to be, like, a dangerous spot to be? The place where you saw him get knocked unconscious? Yeah. Yes. You probably saw Ogman get dropped, Mateo grab the crossbow, fire it, and then run around the corner. Uh, well, I haven't seen anything, like, come off or, like go over there since he went down. So can I use the dash action? Yeah. To get over there? Yeah, you can make it to, say, the base of the like, okay. the height of the, you know what I mean, the wall that the staircase is on. Mm-hmm. Juniper? Mm-hmm. You need to make another death saving throw because no one is really helping you. Oh, well, why would they? Uh, 
Uh, 10. Nice. I'm helping by dispatching enemies. Love that attitude. Speaking of which, the enemy is trying to dispatch you, but misses quite badly, and so is going to try to move away and uh, incurs an attack of opportunity. Great. Uh, I roll normal attack for that, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, but it's an improvised weapon, so it's 21. That will hit. That's a 1, plus 4, so 5. Okay. You uh, thrust forward with the torch again uh, as it tries to leave, and you catch uh, a furling frond that juts from the back of its head, and like a 4th of July firework um, that didn't go off properly, it smolders into ash. I cheer. Aha! Easy. Olivet, you are standing next to uh, Mateo and Juniper's unconscious body. Can I give um, Juniper a, a berry? Yeah, they're still on her person. She's probably got them on her, like, belt or something. I will give Mateo the torch, because I have no free hands, and then I um, give Juniper a, one of her berries. Okay. Juniper, you are healed two hit points. Amazing. Cap, help the guy back there. Oh, shit. Yeah, and uh, I take another berry and give it to Ogman. Sure. You head back just as you see Anisha hoisting themselves up this mossy wall and collapsing with a pant onto the, uh, the stone landing of the staircase on the other side of Ogman. Oh god, uh, this looks bad. No, I'm here to help. Okay, great, you're not dying. I mean, I, I'm not feeling very well, but... Uh, you feed Ogman a berry, he's restored one hit point. Ogman rises shakily to his feet and leans against the staircase wall and he says, Did you get the bastard that took me out? Burned him to a pinch. That doesn't no, make sense. I got that one! I just, um, face to forehead. Palming. Where's this crank? Oh, yeah. We don't know. Um, I'm still up there, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So can I take a better look around? Yeah, of course. This is like their sort of watchtower station where they can see people coming and going along the road and across the bridge. And there is in the corner a sort of little watchtower station thingy. All right. So inside is a bench and a small table. Can I check that, the watchtower station out more thoroughly? Mm Mm-hmm. There is another corpse. I'm so sorry. Uh, it's Juniper's corpse day. <laughs> this one has um, like long, thin vines kind of stretching out from inside its mouth and nose and ears. Um, fertilizing. Oh, I like stifle another scream because I don't want people to think it's like a monster. I like like my nose and maybe investigate the body further. Sure. Was holding on to a short sword on the table as well. I mean, none of this is hidden, right? Um, there is a, another light crossbow mm-hmm. and a quiver of ten arrows, another little small wooden case of supplies, and what looks like a metal crank. Alright. So, I check out the case. The case has two potions inside of it. Potions. Can I do a, um... You don't need to. They okay. are clearly labeled because these are sort of like, um, Official supplies. One of them is labeled Potion of Healing. Okay. And one of them is labeled Potion of Climbing. Cool. And then um, there's also the crank, which I don't think you need to add to your inventory unless you don't intend to use it within the next 30 seconds. Well, I use it in the next 30 seconds. Okay. You all uh, head down from the guard station. Any other business in the toll house? Let's okay. give Ogman the bolts, maybe. He accepts them readily. And he says, I'll try to do a little bit better next time and you attach the crank to the mechanism. Uh, I imagine Captain Alvera 
Miss Muscles, you give the, uh, a crankerino, <laughs> and the bridge starts to lower until it spans this valley. Barth sighs and runs her fingers through her hair, and she says, uh, that looked like a nasty one. I'm glad to have all of you here. I don't think we would've made it this far without. We lost a lot of time. We need to get back on the wagons and keep moving. All right? Mm-hmm, let's do it. Barth, Granny, and Ogman head back to their wagons. The four of you head back to your wagon. The horses whinny, they pick up a canter, and you head across the bridge, deeper into the thicket. Presumably we took a rest. You have time for a short rest, so you can expend a hit die. I'm back to full. I'm up to nine, so almost full. I have four hit points. And you took no damage. Yeah. Wow. It's all the running and hiding. (laughs) I was going to say, effective tactic. Does a body good. And Barth is doing her best to get the caravan and moving as quickly and as far as possible. But it's difficult. She's been driving for five or six hours straight now. Ogman is complaining that his head hurts, which I think is pretty fair. Um, And he's taken to lying down in his wagon, not poking out much. Granny doesn't have very strong vision. She doesn't think she'd be suitable to man the front of the wagon. And the rest of you are in the last wagon uh, after this encounter clearing the toll house. Olivet's got a lot of questions, not gonna lie. Um, Mostly about the freaky glowing, but I I think I have to go take over her barth. You hop out of the wagon, you uh, break into a light jog and get to the front. Barth is uh, leaning back deeply into the wagon seat. Her grip on the reins is pretty slack. She is trying not to doze off, um, and the horses are down to a pretty low trot. And she says, uh, you drive wagons before? Uh, I'm doing a lot of things for the first time today. I'm just gonna take the reins. Don't crash. And she uh, stumbles off into the interior of her wagon and takes a nap. Um, back in the your wagon, Mm-hmm. Olivet has left. Don't talk shit about me. I talk shit about Olivet. I roll 18 shit talk. It is the nastiest, <laughs> runniest talking shit. I, I shed a tear at the front. So uh, what, 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 what is up with your face, though? I have a tattoo. I don't know. It glowed, I guess. I, it has not happened before. I'm just as surprised as you are. What? were you doing when it was glowing? I guess it was when I was interacting with nature, with, like, the berries and, um, the fungicide. Yeah. So, I guess plants make me glow. That's what I'm learning today. I don't feel great. I saw two dead bodies. I'm pretty nauseous. That's fair. What about those things, the, the, the plant zombies? You got, you got, you're both, I don't know, you work in the magic part of town. You should know something, right? What was that? Plant zombies that you burned to death, I guess. I made candles. Not well. Seems really uh, unnatural that a creature that falls would get back up like that. You know, if you cut a leaf off a plant, it's fine. It just grows a new one. Yeah, but I I punched it. It it collapsed. Punch a plant, it's probably fine. This is hardly the comparison that I thought that we would make. Do you have, no one has any answers as to what just, what just happened? My world is, is flipping upside down before me. I've, I, we, we've only, we're not even a day away from Tower Hill. 
don't know what to tell you, dude. I, I've never been outside of Tower Hill before either. I haven't been outside of the tower in like over 30 years. So no, I don't know. I don't know anything. And I'm sick of not knowing anything. I like there, there, awkwardly pat Anisha. I brush your hand off. Who in the, who in the town gave you that tattoo then? I was about to say my bubby. I don't think she calls her grandmother her bubby. <laughs> She's canonically fantasy Jewish. <laughs> I don't know. My grandmother gave it to me when I was like, I don't even remember. Here in the village? Yeah. Oh. You are younger than Juniper, so you probably were never old enough to meet her grandmother when no, she was definitely. alive. Um, but you probably do know that Juniper's mother has an identical tattoo on the face as well. I still want a cool tattoo sometime. You think that we could set that up? I want a glowing tattoo. She didn't teach me how to do it. I have some answers for you, but I'm at the front of the car. Someone else is at the front of the car, too. It's Granny. Granny marches over to the front and um, hops uh, next to you in the driver's seat. She kind of glances at you out of the corner of one eye, and she says, uh, <laughs> bet you weren't uh, expecting to see what was inside that toll house, were you? You know... I don't expect anything from these woods anymore. I don't know. I don't know what my eyes see anymore. Let me tell you, I've been roaming these roads more years than you have hairs on your head, and that's the right attitude to have. You'll never know what to expect, and it's best to just go into every situation, head raised, eyes wide, and preferably with a knife in your hand. Or an axe in your case. Well, I've learned that Everything, doesn't matter if it looks different, goes down after you hit it enough. One thing that did happen to me for the first time was when the two of them got into my wagon a few days ago. Yeah, how are you feeling about that? Not great. How did that happen? I mean, you're uh, feisty for your size. Glad you didn't say age. I heard that coming. <laughs> then, you, then you veered. Good job. You'll be an okay driver yet. <sighs> When we got attacked, I mean, before I could even see what was really happening, Ogman was trying to cover everyone with his crossbow, and uh, the two of them pushed their way in. It was the little one. You saw him, I reckon. Yeah, not well, but he looked like a kid. No, he's a dwarf. Yeah, that makes sense, too. And he's, uh, magical, somehow. He was the one who cast a spell on me. I saw him give her that wand that she used. He seems to have all sorts of nefarious skills and it was terrifying. I had to act as though it was perfectly normal and not tell anyone they were in there. I could hear them a little bit whispering to each other in the back of the wagon with their schemes. Well, go on. It seemed like maybe she had hired him. He was talking a lot about payment and uh, getting uh, restitution for his services. And to her credit, she seemed hell-bent on getting into the village. I don't really know why. And conversation didn't steer that way, but that's the sense I got. Do you, uh, do you know what either of them looked like? I mean, yeah, you know he's a dwarf. Do you know what she is? She seemed human. I could describe them both fairly well if I needed to. She describes um, a woman with um, strong, angular features, uh, coarse black hair, kind of deep blue-green eyes, pale skin, um, and leather armor. And she describes a dwarf who wore robes and carried a uh, fat red spell book with golden corners. He had a little fancy boy mustache. 
fancy boy mustache. That's all I needed to know, Granny. The split second the spell ran off, I I came to my senses and I could finally talk about the last three days. And I mean, you saw me. Yeah, we remember that part pretty well. Anyway, I just wanted to say thanks again and give you any more help that I could. Probably wouldn't have made it past that bridge without you. I want to give her the world's most awkward hug. She is super stiff in receiving it. And she says, uh, there's no need for that. And she uh, scuttles back to her wagon. You turn back to make sure she gets back into her wagon safely. And the horses rear and whinny and the reins go taut in your hands. Up ahead, uh, the pathway splits into two. There's a fork. Do I know, do they look at all different? One of them looks a little bit lower. It is mostly straight, and in the distance, it looks like there might be a bit of fog on the ground. One of them goes higher, but the uh, canopy becomes so dense and heavy that it's almost completely lightless. Okay, we want to go right. Which one is that? Based on your understanding of like your kind of mental map of the roads, it's too soon to be uh, like, these are not like major splitting roads. Okay. This is like a kind of weird shift in the path. Sunsets maybe an hour or two away, so it would be impossible for you to be at this point by now. Olivet has a, an image of her kind of understanding of the forest paths. Okay, so one's like foggy and one's dark. Great. Both seem bad. Let's it's take... Two genders. <laughs> Let's take dark since at least three of us can see in that. Okay. Are you going to tell anyone what you're doing? Uh, you know what? I probably wouldn't. Okay. You're like, hey, driving. You put the horses into third gear and you uh, head off to the right side of the path. Wait. Is uh, Barth awake? I mean, she's like lightly napping, but she's, she's in the first wagon, so she's pretty much right behind you. Where do we go? Barth uh, kind of stirs and sits up and she says down the road. Left or right? What do you mean left or right? Straight. Okay, you know what? Let's just keep going. Okay. Um, in the last wagon, you feel the caravan briefly stop and then take a slightly different direction. I don't really think much of that. Yeah, they, I think they know the way. Okay. <laughs> Captain, can you make a survival check? Oh, dear God. That's a six. I think this, I mean, it's still like a, a road that you go down, so I don't think it's as much about navigation as it is about um, making sure the horses are doing well and making sure like the wagon is running well, mm-hmm. which is not something you're super skilled in mm-hmm. and you've been kind of left alone to drive it. Um, and I think it's probably in your inclination to try to keep on the horses okay. and, and push them a little bit. Okay. Um, and after a while, uh, maybe like another hour, you think you've made really good time, but the horses are exhausted. After a certain point, they just kind of um, really give up and start like shuffling along the ground. There are four of them. They're all just sort of like listlessly kicking and sort of dragging the wagon one step at a time. The darkness around you is so heavy, but in the distance, like well within the woods, you can see little pinpricks of light and they make you uneasy. This would be a good time to let everyone know. Are most people awake? Martha's gotten up from her nap, and she says, Where are we? Uh, you said go straight. You did? Well, there was a fork, and I said left or right, and you said straight, but I was already facing the right, so it went straight. She is flabbergasted. She says, there was a fork? Yeah. But we haven't even hit the rooming house. Where, where, how, where are we? I have no idea. Oh, 
gods above us. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, I'm going to check on Ogman and Granny. Uh, check on your folks. Yeah. She rushes off to the other wagons. I go to the back of the caravan. There's some lights in the distance. Let's maybe be a little quiet. We don't know where we are. Are you driving? Details. Not important. <laughs> Would you like to... No, you can't drive next time. I have been to Willow Run before and I don't remember running into this path. I... I don't know. Maybe we turned off somewhere early before I took the reins, but this is totally new to me. I, um, go out to maybe take a better look at around us. Sure. The horses, as I've said, are moving along quite slowly. And as you step up to them and try to take a glance down the path, you can feel that part of the reason they're moving slowly is that the ground is getting a bit softer, springier, and squelchier beneath your feet. Hmm. Can I take a look to see what is, what's going on? Sure. Like, uh, I guess just perception? Make a survival check. Survival? 18. Jory with the good rolls. I mean, not that you get out much, but wet ground, heavy trees, you think you might be heading into some kind of bog. Um, not a bog. The path seems pretty straight, so, like, there is a road, but it's a soggy one. And All the right. horses aren't going to be able to head if it gets too wet. Hey, I'm going to maybe run up ahead a little, see what's going on, see if this is feasible at all for us to go through. I have a short sword now, and I grab a torch. Okay. Uh, do you want the others to, like, the wagon to stop? Yeah, maybe stop for a second, give the horses, like, a few minutes to chill. I don't know if anybody wants to come with me. I'm going to look after the people in the caravan. Okay. Sure. All right. Juniper and Mateo, gonna go check this out. Okay. Juniper and Mateo, you head forward along the path to suss out if it's going to be okay to travel. You walk for maybe 15 or 20 minutes and feel like the ground is not getting too soggy. It's still passable. It's still horseable. Um, although I'm sure the horses appreciate the chance to rest. And after about five minutes more, uninterrupted, Again, the sun is getting lower. It's getting darker. You're maybe less than an hour away from sunset now. Mm -hmm. um, you come across a little clearing on the side of the road where uh, another wagon is parked. This wagon is looks a little like beat up, um, but still like usable. There are no horses in sight. It's on a relatively soft patch of grass, and there is a little sign hanging in the front of the... Like how the previous merchant wagons kind of turn into little stalls, this one has a little sign that says shop. Okay, um, I go check it out. Yeah, maybe they can help us. Yeah. The shopkeep is a kind of robed figure with lank, greasy brown hair that's kind of spilling out over their face, and they are um, kind of slumped over. It looks like they're having a nap on the front counter of the shop, since there doesn't seem to be anyone else nearby. Along this front counter, you can see little... Uh, Potion vials, rings, small daggers, interesting doodads, all kind of sprawled about the front counter. Hi? Hello? There's no response from the person. Hmm. Hello? Nothing. Oh my god, he's dead. I very gingerly and uncomfortably do like a pulse check. Sure. You reach out to feel this person's neck and um, you don't feel a pulse. <sighs> Your fingers are stuck. What are you doing? I, I'm stuck um, to this dead person. Is it? Oh, goodness. Good. 
I'm like, I'm... That's the situation as you see it. <laughs> what do you mean you pull your fingers off? Here, let me help. I try and just pull sure. from, like, your wrist. Are you bracing on anything? <clears throat> I guess this corpse. Sure. Uh, oh, no, you touch it too? Okay. I don't, don't. Your arm gets stuck to where you're touching the corpse and the countertop as well. The two of you are, are stuck and a little bit stuck together in the front of this. Why don't you use your tattoo powers? Get us out of this. Cool, thanks. Is there anything that's on this that this person has in their shop that maybe... You see that um, the person's robe kind of slips off and so does the weird little like doll head that was serving as their head. And what you're actually grabbing onto is a warm, wet tongue. And oh my god. sticking out from the top of the stall roof are some fangs. And more sprout from the countertop until you realize that you have stuck your hand into a giant mouth. Um, I grab the short sword I got and mm-hmm. stab it into the tongue. With okay. my, like, bad hand. I probably would do the same here. Okay, roll some tech rolls. 14. I rolled a, a two. Uh, I got six damage. Anisha and I are just like playing backgammon. What's that conversation like? She <laughs> <laughs> glad we're not in the mouth of a beast. We're playing backgammon. Uh, actually, a, uh, Anisha looks at, at the captain and says, um, I think this is all my fault. I appreciate it, but uh, you know I... I was the one driving the caravan. No, I mean, like, the candle. Oh. Well, you can't be awake all the time, I mean. But, but I was, I was awake. I, I, I confronted the person. I didn't, I didn't fight her. I didn't stop her. I, I watched her explode my candle. No offense, but I don't know if you would have been able to stop feeling bad. I don't, I don't think that's how feelings work. Anisha, we all could have done better. This, this was the worst possible outcome. It was, it was, it was, it's, this, this sucks. We're probably gonna die, actually, but if we don't die, we're gonna be heroes and fix everything and everyone will be really grateful to us. I, I don't care to be a hero, I had a job and I didn't do it. I also give Anisha an uncomfortable hug. Two for two. (laughs) I am pretty sure she hates it, but I just say, Anisha, I think you did better than any of us would have. Smash cut to <laughs> sticky situation. All right. That's MP3. So we stabbed some tongues. Yeah. yeah, and I believe uh, Mateo hit. Yes, it was for six. There were like a couple of barrels stacked on each side of the wagon, and um, you see the barrels start to kind of extend themselves up, and the creature begins to stand with like the wagon as its body and these heavy casks as its little tiny fat feet. It's standing up, kind of lifts you into the air, and you sort of dangle a little bit by the arm that you're stuck with, only about five feet or so up from the ground, but um, it's going to be difficult to get uh, attacks in this way. And it roars where you drove your sword into its tongue. 
and it's gonna try to hit you or bite you maybe. Just close its mouth? Just close its mouth, I guess. It's got a pretty oh, good- Oh goodness, we are both gonna lose hands. Ugh. And it deals each of you three points of damage. It tries not to bite its own tongue, which is maybe a little bit of your saving grace because that's mostly where you're stuck to. So in stabbing it, I'm happy if like, I cut off a section and my hand just has a piece of tongue on it, but <laughs> I'm free kind of a thing. On your turn, you can you could use your next attack roll to attempt to escape the grapple, because sure. that is the condition that you both have, grip held. So we'll let uh, Juniper do her turn first, because she was the first to... Um, did we ever roll an initiative, or are we just gonna... It's just the three of you, so I'm just gonna do like you two and then the thing. Okay. I wasn't gonna sweat it. Yeah, so I guess I roll to escape the grapple. Okay, so you can roll uh, an athletics check or an acrobatics check, and it's your choice. I guess I'm rolling an acrobatics check. Whoop, that, that's a five. Yeah, you do not escape the grapple. Mateo? Okay, so I need to understand the situation. We are in, like, the center of its tongue or the tip of its tongue, and it's trying to bite us off the tip. You've kind of got your arm across, like, roughly the tip of its tongue. Yeah. It's, like, kind of standing up a little bit, so you're hanging okay. off the tip of its tongue, and it's, like, lolling over the front of its mouth. Okay. And uh, it's trying to like snag you and bite you. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my rapier and I'm going to through the hole that I made with the knife, presumably. Ugh. I'm gonna try and stick it. So the rapier is just like stuck up through its tongue. You're gonna give it a tongue piercing. Yeah. You're gonna take it to Claire's yeah. or icing by Claire's. I don't know like what. How long's a rapier? Like what? Two feet? Whatever they use that icing by Claire's. Um, they probably use a rapier. They're like, on guard! That's what I um, Go tell your mom. <laughs> but so roll that attack. That is a 12. That hits. Uh, seven. It takes seven points of damage, and instinctively it tries to shut its mouth. Your plan works. As it bites down, the top of the rapier pierces through the top of its mouth, and it bellows again in agony. It rears backward, crashing through some of the smaller trees and saplings, and running into the forest. With us on its tongue? With a you on its tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I am screaming. Yeah, so you should be. I don't know if they can hear this. Uh, we'll get back to that. Okay. I'm gonna do another try and escape the grapple. Twelve. You escape. Oh, yeah, I probably fall. Yeah, I mean, with the with the beating the check, I can say you, you can land. Oh god, he's running through the forest. You land relatively safely. You can probably take non-lethal boo-boos. And it stops a second as you just, like, <laughs> tongue off the frozen flagpole. Like, pull your hand off, <laughs> taking a little bit of both your skin, and uh, you drop to the ground. I, um, do I get a better look at him now that I'm not attached to his tongue? Yeah, um, it is a creature that resembles a shop wagon. I hate that. So I guess I got, I'm going to try and get him from the outside. Okay. So I'm going to like run over and try and get him with my short sword. Sure. You have a pretty good view of like the b barrel feet. Great. So I'll go for the feet. Oh, yeah. That is a 19. Roll some damage. Short sword is 1d6. <coughs> One. Okay. Um... You, but it's finesse. Me. You can add your dexterity, right? Yeah, that's still one. You have no Plus your mod? total. Do you have no dex modifier? No. Strength do you have a strength modifier? modifier? No. I have negative one strength. What can you do successfully? You have zero and negative one. Um, I am real charismatic. I can tell. You um, plunge the short sword into the barrel foot, and the thing cries out again. It was probably expecting a pretty easy snack. 
it stops. It, it trips and stumbles because you've stabbed it right in the foot, which is what happens when you stab something in the foot. It trips and stumbles. And it kind of falls bodily on the ground. Mateo, make a dexterity save. <laughs> Sorry. That's nine. Nine total. You uh, come loose <laughs> from its tongue, uh, which has been weakened by the multiple wounds that you've made in it. Mm-hmm. And as it falls to the ground, the force of its movement um, sets you free and you get flung uh, into some sharp bushes. Not that sharp. No, but I'm just a boy. You're just a wee boy who takes one point of damage. Ow! The thing tries to run away. It wheels around and like smashes a big gap through two trees and tries to blunder off into the forest. Okay, bye. I go um, maybe help Mateo up. Let's let's go back. I guess uh, we're at least cleared the path, I guess. Yeah, let's get out of your tattoo lady. Juniper. Juniper. Make a survival check, Juniper. Seven. You got flung pretty deep into the woods, and of course the trees are quite thick and visibility is poor. The sun has just about gone down. (sighs) Um, And as you stand up, you can feel that uh, the ground beneath your feet is quite wet. Does this thing bleed? Yeah. If it's wet, then it must have left tracks. Yeah, you can follow the tracks back. Do you want to make a survival check? I do. <laughs> Come on, Mateo. Come on. Yeah, baby. Uh, that's a 23. Juniper seems a little bit lost at first, but uh, you notice big barrel-shaped depressions in the ground where the thing has been walking. I mean, it's still quite difficult. It's, it's nearly pitch black. You don't have dark vision. And you head back in that direction, but it seems like... The distance is further. I mean, it's hard to tell like how far exactly you moved when you were being carried by that thing, but you think it should only be a minute or two to walk back, okay. and by about five minutes, um, you still have no sign of that clearing. Okay, uh, can I climb a nearby tree? Yeah, you climb a tree, and you see in the distance, in another direction, you're not super sure which direction, strong, warm torchlight. Not too far off but you don't see any sign of the caravan, which would be difficult to because it's at road level anyway. I don't think I that, think I uh, did bring a torch. Do you want to light it? Yes. You light your torch. I don't think that uh, it's the caravan, but I see a light over there. It's better than nothing. I think that guy, the the guy that lights the torches, he said to not be out late at night, and oh, it's looking like it's about late at night. But I did warn you that those there were lights ahead that I didn't know what they were. Cap said to avoid those, though, but... Um, uh, any point of storm, you know? Is it better for us to go in, to that and maybe find safety or to go at least back, try and find and help everyone else? I don't know. I don't know if I want to, like, just look out for myself or if I want to go back. In the darkness surrounding you, you see that your torchlight reflects off uh, more than one pair of eyes. Lighting a torch in the middle of a forest is a, a real exciting activity that's bound to get you a lot of attention. You realize. Uh, maybe I'm better off with just my dark vision. Uh, what do you do? Um, I guess I turn off my torch and kind of. I, it's, I extinguish my torch. Thank you. In, um, like, fear. I'm real freaked out. Okay, maybe get down here. Let's just keep let's just keep going. Do you know which way to get to the lights, or should we just keep following these footsteps? Uh, just that way. Um, what I look that way. What am I seeing? Just like thick Four, brush. He he tries to kind of indicate the direction. You squint with your dark vision. You think maybe you see some lights. It's as good a direction as any. 
We can either do that or keep following these tracks, though. Yeah, but, I mean, you feel like you probably should have reached the clearing by now. There's still no sign of the road. You're not sure if this thing has traveled elsewhere today, like how many of oh, them are. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. All right. I, like, pull out my short sword, grab your grab Mateo's arm, and I start pulling you through with me. Back at the ranch, um, you two have heard a couple of screams up ahead that sound a lot like Juniper and Mateo. Ah! Ah! Mateo? <laughs> Ah! Joanne? I don't think they can hear you from here. But we can hear them. Should we advance? Should we keep going? Maybe we should pull the caravan up too. Yeah, I mean, unless you have any intention of turning back. Let's do that. You're gonna move the caravan forward? Yeah. Okay. Barth is willing to take over driving because it seems like you want to keep lookout. Ogman and Granny are nervous. And Barth says, oh, I wish we hadn't taken so much time. Sunset's about any minute now. We are... Not in a good place to be. We need to keep moving. I agree. If we can't find them, we need to keep moving. No. Listen, you're a passenger here, and that's great and all, but I'm not going to sacrifice the life and livelihood of every single person on this caravan just for one or two. That's not my way. Okay, yeah, all of it is deferring. We'll, we'll find them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find them. Okay, she uh, picks up the reins and gets the horses into a canter. After a couple of minutes, you see a clearing that is full of, like, splintered crates and barrels, as though there was some great activity here a few moments ago. And there is a big kind of great hole carved into the brush. Hello? Is anyone there? Mateo? Juniper? Nothing? Nothing. I don't know. I don't know where they could have gone. Maybe we do need to keep going? Well, they they were screaming, right? So so something's happening. I, I People tend to move around when they're in danger. Yeah. Are there tracks? Speaking of which, I'd love to get these wagons moving. I don't see them either. It'd be suicide to head into those woods. I'll spell it out in case you need me to. Barth, where would we even stop for the night around here? If we can just push on a little bit further, we're not too far from the rooming house. Maybe they can find their own way there. Okay. And she gets back into the driver's seat, and she gets the horses up again, and you watch the clearing and the hole in the trees go sailing by. The path ahead on the caravan does get pretty soggy, but stays passable, which is fortunate. The horses have picked up a little bit of steam and Barth is pushing them for all she can while trying to keep her pace because she knows that every minute it's getting darker and darker. In the woods, you've wandered as best in the direction of the light as you can hope to keep, and um, those mists that you kind of saw on the path earlier are, are curling in again, even though you took the other road. Now that you've been on the move for 10 or 15 minutes, you can definitely see the light. It's visible, and you can see the direction you can follow it, but the ground is also getting soggier and soppier, and you're finding it more and more difficult to move. Both of you make perception checks. 14. Oof. Four. Juniper, you hear something. You hear a little snatch of strange lilting song. You cock your head, and in the distance, um, say you're heading forward towards the light at uh, 10 o'clock, you see a figure. 
It looks womanly. Uh, it has a gentle amber glow, and it is singing a little song to you, it seems. It sounds very sweet and very pleasant. I hold my candle up to the torch and light it. And if after a couple of moments there's enough wax, I won't put the wax in my ears. Classic mythology. Pretty sure that happened. Yeah, that'll take <laughs> a, a couple of seconds, but sure. Um... Juniper, you should make a charisma saving throw. Am I saving against uh, being charmed? Yes. All right, so I have um, advantage. Cool. 18. 18? Whoa. Okay. You can tell that there's a certain undercurrent to that song. Mm -hmm. And that song is, come closer, I won't hurt you, I want to help you, come closer. And you are not compelled to act by this, but you know that that is what the creature is trying to communicate to you with its song. Can I tell if it's being honest? Make an insight check. 19. You do not get the sense that it is lying, although it's like a difficult thing to parse. All right. I have two globs of that. Or yeah. Reverse Shrek. Getting ready to put them in. You can got them in there. Okay, cool. I like look at you. It's kind of gesture for you to follow me, and I'm very cautiously following the siren. As you move toward the siren, she waits until you get within 10 or 15 feet, and then she gently glides backward, uh, encouraging you to follow her a little bit more. She never lets up her singing. Do you keep following her? Sure. Okay. Um, she leads you on this way for four or five minutes until you reach... A place where the trees start to thin a little bit, and you can feel the ground underfoot a little bit firmer, a little bit drier. And she stands tall and still and uh, allows both of you to approach. And she beckons you forward into her glow, and she ceases her song. And she smiles benevolently at you, Juniper. And then she turns and she looks at Mateo. And she stops. And she says, Mateo? What? And then she vanishes. Oh. I, I don't know what she said. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I didn't hear what she no, said. No, you didn't. Juniper heard, though. In the space behind her, um, where the trees are thin, maybe 100 feet away, you can see the lights, bright and bold. And they resolve into the shape of a rooming house. I, like, collapse. I'm so relieved. Get those things out of your ears. Uh, I'll try and get the wax in my ears, but that's kind of hard because I sealed them with hot wax. Nasty boy eats moldy <laughs> cake and has waxy, waxy ears. Disgusting nasty boy. There's definitely no more ear hair, at least. Yeah. That's good. Is no, it, that's actually that's really bad. bad. Those are very important to oh. your ability to hear. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh... <laughs> you purge all the cilia from your ear trump. Goodbye. <laughs> You're done. I, I guess I can try and pull it out. No. Yeah, you can pull out the wax. <laughs> yeah, pull out the wax. Earplugs were, like, originally made of, like, wax. That's yeah. fine. I did a lot of research on wax for this campaign. Pull it out, and I'm like, oh, that was that was a bit weird, uh, but uh, now we see where we need to go, so let's let's go. Why did the siren call you by name? Uh, what? The siren knew your name. You had wax in your ears. She said Mateo before she disappeared. I don't know. You must have, I don't know, misheard. Or mm -hmm. maybe you're under some kind of spell. You were looking kind of weird there. 
You know what? After all day being them being on my back about my glowing tattoos, I'm like, okay, whatever. We go. I I at least I go to the boarding house. You're coming with? Yeah. Um, the wagon ride gets too wet, too soggy. The train is too swampy. Barth says you need to go on foot. She asks Ogman to help lead Granny as best as possible. She assumes the two of you are capable of getting your own way, and you head across the path, which is now maybe ankle or shin deep. Um, it looks like after the bridge, the terrain got like a lot lower, and that maybe this was a result of like a flood or some kind of weather event. It is like clearly there was a road here, but it's been pretty rained out. Um, she says, we'll come back for the horses and the supplies if they're still there in the morning. And you slog and scuffle and struggle and splash as you make your way uh, through this water that gets pretty close to knee deep at certain points. And then you round a bend and you see bright blazing lights of a rooming house that has uh, two great braziers at its front, nice and warm, glowing bright, that illuminate the sign hanging just over the door, just past the thick, sturdy wooden fence that protects the perimeter of the property, just past the little stable where a couple of wagons and horses are docked for the night. You see the green colored, hand-painted wooden sign of the Fernwood Inn. Thanks for listening to episode four of Many Realms. We are just getting underway with our Tallow D&D 5e campaign. There's a lot of twists and turns around the corner, so I hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, and I hope you keep listening. I can't wait to let you know where the story goes. If you like what you heard today, let your friends know, like, subscribe, smash all those buttons, tear open your own shirt, break the walls of your house, beat your chest like a gorilla on top of the Empire State Building, and let people know that they should listen to this podcast. 